The school year started like any other for Michael, a freshman at Martin Luther King Prep. He came through the doors of the school, books teetering, trying to make it to his locker before his first hour class. He hoped that this year would be different than years past because, in Michael's own words, he had been bullied his entire life. As he grabbed his book and went to his first hour class, you could hear him saying to myself, I can do this. This is going to be better. And after the first day, things seemed to be looking up. And then another day passed, and a week and two weeks passed, and Michael had hopes that this day, this school year, was going to be different than all the rest. Until he saw in the corner his classmates kind of snickering at each other and whispering, pointing. Maybe it was the smell that was coming from Michael. Or maybe that they, they just noticed that he hadn't changed his shirt and he hadn't changed his jeans, his shoes, or even his socks for the three weeks that he had, be, he had been a part of school. And Michael said to himself, maybe the year has changed, but nothing is going to be different. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come before you today, I pray that you would just blow our minds with who you are. Expand our vision of you and who you are and what that means for us, I pray, especially in the area of compassion today. Increase in us. In your name, amen. Today we continue our series, God Is, and we're going to be looking at the topic of compassion. God is compassionate. And to do that, let's turn in our Bibles to Psalms 103, verses 8 to 10. Uh, In your Bibles underneath the seat, it's on page 428. Psalm 103, 8 to 10. This is what it says about God. The Lord is compassionate and gracious He's slow to anger and he abounds in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sin deserves or repay us according to our iniquities. The Lord is compassionate. I'm so excited that we're doing this series because I don't think in the last three years, um, I think the thing that's helped me grow the most is expanding my view of God. Because I've expanded, as God has expanded my view of him and what he does, it's naturally helped me see who I am in light of that and what I should do. And when God says, I'm compassionate, like it blows me away because it's not just a mental thought. It moves down to my heart and it's like, man, God's called you, Dave, to be compassionate. What does that, what does that look like? I don't know what comes to your mind when you hear the word compassion. It's linked to a couple other words like kindness and mercy, and maybe we can even get it confused with love. But it comes from a Latin word, um, calm means with, and pati or passion means to bear or to suffer with. And so uh, literally when we say God is compassionate, it literally means God's someone who's with us and suffers with us. God's with us or he's someone who burdens with us. And I thought in my mind, I'm like, boy, I, I don't really understand that it doesn't make a lot of sense. I, I need to illustrate that. And so I need a volunteer, someone who can, someone who can lift some weights above your head. 
I need a volunteer. Come on. It'll just be a couple minutes. A volunteer? Lift some weights above your head. All right. I want to, I want to show you. Come on up here. Come on. You, did, you, did you lift today? All right. Well, these weights are, are going to represent your pain, your suffering, your burdens, your struggles in life. What's it gonna, and what I want you to do is lift those above, above your head like this. Lift those above. And we all have, we all have pain. You sitting today, you have burdens. Maybe um, you have little kids and maybe you have older kids and you know the struggle of being a parent. I got the call from my middle son this week from his school saying, uh, Aaron's not behaving at all. Oh, the stress of being a parent. Um, maybe you have older kids and they're living at home or, or maybe um, your parents are out of the house and you're trying to deal with that. If you're married, you know the struggles of marriage. It's more than just I do. And the day-to-day, the, the pain, the difficulty, the suffering that's in, involved in having a relationship, your marriage relationship. Maybe you have physical pain today. My wife deals with back pain like every day of her life. And if she doesn't get a massage, if she doesn't work out, do some things to help it. Um, it's debilitating. It just it leaves her on the couch doing nothing. And maybe... You don't have physical pain, but maybe you have emotional pain. Maybe you come in here today and you have a lot of anxiety in your heart. And maybe you deal with depression and and it wrecks you. And whatever the pain is today, these pains, we try and carry them. And if if we carried them for for a minute or a week or a month, maybe we'd be able to do it without not too much problem. But let's face it, a lot of us, we're carrying burdens sufferings, pains, struggles, and it's longer than a, a week, a month. You can see his arms starting to crouch down, right? And I, and I wonder if some of us feel the same way with our burdens. They begin to push us down. And, and to be compassionate means this. God is with us. So God literally comes alongside of us. And he just doesn't say, man, that weight is heavy. That's too bad. Like, kind of stinks to be you. Um, but he doesn't. God is compassionate. He comes near us. And he actually takes our burden from us and, and carries it with us. That is what it means for your God to be compassionate. Thank you. Thank you. Let me just leave him there. I'll try not to trip over him. When I was, God is compassionate. He's, some, he's someone with us that suffers with us. When I was in college, I studied to be a high school history teacher. And uh, you can ask me later on why I wanted to be a high school history teacher. I have a terrible memory, but uh, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to teach. I I enjoyed teaching. And so we learned about this sect of Christianity back in the 17th and the 18th century called deists. Um, And it was a kind of a form of Christianity religion. And and a lot of our founding fathers were believed to uh, kind of have some... believe in some of these ideas. Um, Thomas Jefferson was believed to have some deist belief. Um, Benjamin Franklin was believed to have some deist belief. John Adams. So the founding people of our Constitution had some deist beliefs. And this is what deism was. They believed that God kind of spun this world into motion. He started the world, that creation, and then he stepped out of it, went up to heaven stepped out of it wherever he was, and just now was there watching the world, kind of people interact with each other. People were left on their own. No need to ask for a miracle because God wasn't intervening. No need to pray 
because God wasn't going to do anything. He was simply the starter of this world. And now he stepped out and wanted nothing to do with mankind. In essence, God was absent from people's everyday lives, absent from their struggles, absent from their difficulties, even absent from their joys and their happiness. And us as people, we were left to stumble helplessly around this world and basically figure it out ourselves. Pretty bleak, huh? Pretty bleak view of God. And as I was preparing for this message, I wonder how many of us kind of share that belief. Maybe you don't call yourself deist, but when you think of who God is, maybe you don't see God as compassionate, someone who's willing to come near you, someone who's willing to take your burdens, your struggles, your pain, but maybe you see God as someone who's distant, removed from this world, removed from the difficulties of this world, and removed from the struggles that you sit with today in your chair. So what are we left with? Who's going to carry the burdens? Who's going to carry our struggles? Well, we're got to do it. Buck up. Pick them up. Do it better. And we're left on our own. Or maybe you think God is with us. Maybe God is just unwilling to join you in your struggles. God is unwilling to join you in your burdens. Like a fire truck at a fire at a fire and the house is burning down and the fire truck has all the water to stop the fire, but they just sit there and they just watch it burn to the ground. I want to tell you today that all through Scripture, not just in the New Testament, but all through the Old Testament, God is seen as a compassionate God, willing to be with his people and willing to carry the sufferings and the burdens of his people. I think about Joshua, the great leader of our faith, who took over from Moses the leadership of the Israelites. Now it was his job to lead the Israelites. Now it was his job to go into the land of milk and honey to defeat the giants. And I wonder what Joshua was thinking as he tried to fill those big shoes of Moses. Can I lead these people? God, this burden is so heavy. Can I defeat the giants? And I love the words in Joshua 1.9. It says this, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua, it's going to be all right. I know your burden. I know your fear. I know what you're going through and I'm not going to stand far off from you. I'm going to come close to you and I'm going to shoulder that burden with you. I'll go with you wherever you go, even into the land of giants. Turn a few pages further and you look at this book of Isaiah and Isaiah is kind of a downer of a book written by a prophet and and it talks about people who are being punished for their sins and the Israelites because of their sin, God finally exacted judgment on them and sent them into exile and the Israelites are sitting in exile miserable like God is far from them, nowhere close to them, couldn't possibly care about what they were going through could it possibly? He sent them there. Why would he care about what they were going through? And Isaiah pens these words in Isaiah 
Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You get the symbolism? They're sitting there in misery thinking God could never be with them. God didn't know their situation. God didn't care about them. And yet God is like, I know exactly your situation. And I'm there with you. And if you'll let me, I will carry your burden for you. And I wonder today, as we sit here, what burdens are you carrying Like, what difficulties are you trying to hoof yourself? What challenges? I got this. I can do it. I'm strong enough. Where are you going at it alone? Missing, seeing God as a distant God, like he's not even there with you. I can hear some of you saying, Dave, all this kind of touchy-feely stuff is great and everything like that, but, like, I don't need compassion. Like, I don't need pity from anybody. I can handle my own problems on my own. Like, the difficulties that I face, they're heavy. Like, they're hard. I acknowledge that, but I can carry them on my own. I don't need any God. I don't need anyone to help me. I got this. And to you, I want to say today, you're probably right. You didn't think I was going to say that, did you? You're probably right. You're probably strong enough to carry your burdens, to carry your struggles, to figure it out on your own. Most problems, you could probably do that too. But there's one problem, there's one burden the Bible talks about that you can't carry on your own. It actually is a burden that will crush you physically and will crush you spiritually. And that's the burden of sin. It doesn't matter how how hard you try or how many church services you go to, that burden carried on your own will destroy you. But I want to tell you the good news today, that God is not a God who stands far off. He didn't just stand far off. He actually, in the person of Jesus, came close to us and lived and went through all the difficulties that you did, but he never sinned. And then because he loved us so much and had so much compassion on us, he walked the road to the cross, eventually dying, so that he could pick up your burden of sin and say, no, you were never meant to carry this. I'm the only one that can carry this. And when we put our trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sin, he takes that burden from us. The weight that some of you have been carrying for so long. The shame, the guilt that's been tearing at your soul. Jesus is saying today, I want to carry it. I'm compassionate, God. I want to carry it. Will you give it to me? And I wonder today, as we sit here, have you ever really experienced the compassion of God, who was willing to take your physical, your struggles, but was also willing to take your sin burden on himself and carry it. Have you experienced that? Have you said, God, I can't carry this anymore. I can't do good enough. Take it. It's yours. 
Are you experiencing the compassion of God today? A God who comes is close to you. A God who is willing to take your struggles and burdens so you don't have to carry them. You see, God's compassion changes everything. God with us. God is for us. God cares for us. But I want to tell you, when you walk out these doors, there's not a lot of compassion being shown, right? Like, not a lot of compassion being shown. Our world needs more compassion. There was a study by the University of Michigan of 14,000 college students, and it said there's been a drastic reduction in the amount of empathy that people have for other people. They actually, the study suggested that we care 40% less for each other than we did in the 80s. I mean, just let that kind of come in a little bit. We care 40% less now than we did in the 80s. And so when you looked at this study, they broke it down. They they gave us some questions that they asked the students, and they asked them to rate them um, one to five. And they asked questions like this. I sometimes try to understand my friends by looking at things from their perspective. 40% less. I often have tender feelings about people less fortunate than me. 40% less. I consider myself soft-hearted. 40% less. Others' misfortunes bother me. 40% less. And I want to be honest with you today. Like, I understand that we get desensitized to what others are going through. Other people's pain and struggles. I get that. I mean, we scroll through Facebook, right? And we're like, oh yeah, Sally, I got got to remember to pray for her. And and we're like, oh man, there's that person whose house burned down. Yup. And that person who's got cancer. Yup. And that person who's going through a divorce. Yup. And we just keep scrolling, right? We just keep scrolling. And I, I do it too. This isn't like, I'm pointing the finger at me here. Please understand. We get desensitized of all the hurt and the pain because now more than ever, we get to see it right? Media has just helped us engage with the hurt and pain. You maybe not, didn't care about a tsunami in Asia, but now you know about it, right? So I get that. But what do we do? Like, what do we do as Christ followers to be more compassionate? And so I'm thinking through this and I'm like, all right, what four steps can I give you guys? This is how to be more compassionate and, and Maybe there is some things you can, you can do, come, come close to people, care about people. I mean, but how do we change this? And it's not through four steps. This is how you're compassionate. I'm convinced that when you experience, when I experience firsthand the compassion of God, who he is to us, not just in our heads, but in our hearts, that he came near us, that he is coming near us every day, that he's willing to pick up our, he did pick up our burdens, but he's willing to pick up our burdens every day. Only as we experience the compassion of God in our hearts are we going to be people that show compassion to our world at large.
God is going to be the one who helps us be compassionate. It's not something we have to try to do. I told you guys about a, a young gentleman earlier um, named Michael, and, and Michael's a, a real kid. Um, and uh, his story is, his story is um, factual. And actually, there was a news clip on what was going on, and it so encouraged my heart. And, and uh, fortunately, our sound people did a lot of work to try and get this video up for us. I know it's not the best quality. Thank you, sound guys. But help us get a glimpse of what God being compassionate to us and then help being compassionate to people, other people might look like. Here's the story of, uh, of Michael. Freshman Michael Todd was taken out of third period at MLK Prep Monday morning. I was very happy. I was shocked completely. He froze when football players Christopher Graham and Antoine Garrett handed him a gift. You guys are awesome. A gift that changed Michael's entire school year. Bags full of shirts, shorts, shoes, and more. He went to smile, and I was like, yeah, I think this is going to make him smile. Told him, I said, you know, when we was in the same third period, he was like, yeah, I said, I apologize for laughing at you, and I want to give something to you to make it up. Michael was getting made fun of for three straight weeks at his new school. I didn't bully my entire life. He would wear the same clothes every day, and students at MLK Prep would mock him for it. I don't really have clothes at home. My mom can't buy clothes for me because I'm growing too fast. When I saw people laugh at him and bully him, I felt like I needed to do something. So Christopher went through his closet and grabbed a bunch of clothes and texted his friend Antoine for help. I got some shoes, some brand new shoes I can give him, and I got a couple of items I can give him too. They packed all that up and gave it to Michael. The shorts, the pants, the shoes made a difference. This is like the second shoes I have on right now. Basically, that's all. Today, Michael was already wearing those new army green sneakers they gave him. It was a weak moment for me. I was really crying. And then I don't cry when at lunch he told me, he was like, you know, you two the only two that actually ever give me a gift. The help isn't stopping in the halls of MLK Prep. People from states away have seen the video and want to send Michael clothes. All this is thanks to two high school students who want to put a stop to bullying. You guys are the best guys of my entire life. If you could make one wish, and thanks, guys. What would it when be? you when you think of our God being compassionate, our God came near to you. In your weakness, in your pain, is coming near to you in your struggles, because He's so compassionate. Would you move that from your head to your heart? What would it look like to experience God's compassion and begin living that out in our world? As the music team comes up today, uh, we have three questions. And, and I don't know, maybe you sit here today and you're like, all right, check the box, came to a service, whatever. But maybe God is doing some, some stuff in your heart. Maybe you need to repent. And you're like, I never, never saw God as a compassionate God. God, forgive me. Forgive me for not seeing you for who you are, this this God who comes close. I always viewed you far away. Forgive me, Heavenly Father, and He's willing to. Maybe you need to begin looking at yourself. In what ways do you struggle to believe that God is compassionate? Why don't you believe He's compassionate? Why do you believe He's hard out to get you? Where in your life are you experiencing the compassion of God? Like it's happening today. Or 
Is that something, just a knowledge in your head, or is it filling your heart? Who is God calling you to show compassion to, and why? And maybe there's someone in your life. As I was doing this study, um, I mentioned my wife, and uh, like sometimes I'm like, "Hun, just like buck it up. Like, come on, every day, really." But I started giving back rubs to her every day, and to her it changes me having compassion for her, um, caring about lifting up her burden. I don't know what that looks like. We're going to take about, as the music team plays, we're going to take about two minutes. And I just want you to contemplate who God is to you. Maybe these questions will help direct it. Maybe he'll, he'll bring up somebody who's God's calling, he's calling you to uh, have compassion for today. Hear the words of Psalm 103 again. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. Brothers and sisters, may we know increasingly this God of compassion. May we live then as compassionate people because of the compassion that's been shown to us through the Son, our King Jesus Christ. We pray this in his name and all God's people said, Amen.